Uh, Naveed, I'm sure you heard us just talking about some of the banks here. And as our guy George is walking us through some of the growth metrics, they're not great uh, for many of these companies, even among the best in terms of stock price action, Goldman, Morgan. Seems like uh, the market is still looking for some more. So what do you think right now? Has the numbers, uh, have the numbers changed anything from the perspective here on what needs to work for these stocks to really take leadership in the market? Yeah, I think there's a clear theme emerging from at least the earnings we've seen thus far. Um, you know, trading businesses and investment banking businesses remain strong through this time of volatility, uh, significant um, equity market issuance that we've seen. All that has worked to help um, the likes of JP Morgan and, and Goldman Sachs, who have strong uh, businesses in terms of trading and investment banking. Um, but also on the other side uh, of the book, you see um, the mortgage related businesses, uh, net interest income still remains somewhat constrained. Um, margin compression uh, is something that we see across the board. Uh, loan growth is muted. Um, and also another key theme I would say is, is provisions are down. Uh, credit quality and credit costs are something that's becoming less and less of a concern as we work through this crisis. I think that's the overarching theme. Uh, in terms of the market reaction to these key themes, I think the market is really overweighting uh, and focusing on those mortgage uh, businesses uh, and taking that as, as how they want to price these stocks. Uh, so I think that's one clear thing that we think uh, may be uh, a little bit uh, over-exaggerated in terms of the price movements that you've seen. We've seen with strong earning results uh, many of the stocks uh, trading down uh, really as uh, the market has, has really focused on the mortgage side of the business much more than the overall business. So right now, uh, Naveed, uh, which companies here, I mean, is, is it Goldman, is it, is it Morgan, is it clearly that you have to kind of go to those that uh, have the most robust non-lending business? Yeah, I think if you look at the profile that you can create from those types of investments, whether it's Goldman Sachs, whether it's JP Morgan, uh, it's a very interesting dynamic in the sense that if we remain in this volatile time, uh, there should be strong trading revenues, there should be strong investment banking fees to generate earnings through times of volatility. Uh, and as we move to a more normalized environment, uh, the natural expectation would be that many of these banks, JP Morgan and, and Goldman Sachs included, should be able to release reserves and return capital as all these entities hold record levels in terms of uh, equity capital and reserves. Uh, ultimately, as we move through this crisis and become uh, much more uh, immune to some of these risks that we see, uh, that should be a huge benefit in terms of uh, positive um, share action and corporate action uh, by the banks. That's something that I think if you look at the dynamic uh, and upside downside scenario is very attractive in those two investments. Hmm. But I would say broadly speaking, the market trades very cheap. If you look at the multiples in this space, it's, it's a fraction of what you see in the broader uh, S&P, for example. Uh, and there's still interesting uh, dynamics, even in uh, a beaten down stock like Citigroup, which is trading at roughly half of tangible book value. So uh, I think there's stories to be played, but I do think in terms of the best play, it is uh, the market leaders in J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. It kind of seems like right now there's a similarity within the banks as we see for the rest of the non-tech market, basically, which is a potential recovery. Uh, maybe some of them need a little bit of a boost, but you go depending on your risk tolerance, essentially. And uh, while there could be good dynamics, as you mentioned, for companies like a Citigroup, it just might involve a little bit of risk or willingness to have some kind of beta to the uh, sector's lending dynamics overall. So like JP Morgan, like Goldman, uh, Naveed, what if you go down smaller past the giants into some of the regional firms? Are there any regional banks 
that don't have uh, that kind of strong beta to changes in the lending uh, business and problems with rate compression and everything else that's been hurting those financials? Is there anything outside of some of the biggest giants that are also uh, uh, a little bit um, uh, nuanced in that sense? Uh, I think there's there's one-off stories that you can find. I think uh, it's really moving down the spectrum significantly into community banks where you can find some interesting stories that uh, may not be as uh, beta-driven as you mentioned. These are more uh, misunderstood stories. Um, one is Green County Bank Corp, which you know I think has shown a consistent ability to generate high uh, ROEs um, and, and has done a great job of generating profits, but the market just uh, hasn't priced it accordingly. And I think you can find these one-off stories as you dig into these balance sheets and, and try to understand the business lines. Um, but I do think overall speaking, the, the, the banking sector uh, is really trading in line with the way interest rates are moving. Uh, so it is a pro-cyclical trade, uh, largely speaking, but we still think there's um, some very attractive one-off opportunities as well. Uh, Naveed, uh, pro-cyclical, as you mentioned, the need for uh, yields to pick up a little bit. It sounds like uh, still, unless, uh, to kind of hammer home the point here, unless you're in a big trading shop, then you're kind of doing a view of financials and expressing a view of almost a macro situation and a view on yields. Uh, can we get a sizable pickup? I mean, it seems like we've been trying the last about two weeks here since the month began. Yields finally got a little bit of a move. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's going to be tied to uh, the path uh, of the economy. I think there's a lot of uncertainty uh, that the market is pricing in, especially as it pertains to a fiscal stimulus, as it pertains to election results, uh, and a potentially a second wave of the virus. You know, as we look at the market broadly, we think um, you know, the fiscal stimulus is more a question of when, not if. I think there's a lot of uh, political posturing at the moment, which has uh, resulted in volatility in the market. Uh, we've seen some strong uh, positioning uh, from many uh, other players uh, in Washington, D.C. On, on that matter. Um, I think overall or over time, that should work itself out. We see that less of a concern. Also, as it pertains to election results, we think that should have a much smaller impact on the market as well. Uh, there really are counterbalancing effects. You know, Biden win will result in a more attractive position on international trade and potentially uh, fiscal stimulus whereas a Trump victory would result in a more pro-business uh, stance on, in terms of taxes. I think, largely speaking, that should offset. And so when we look at the market, we think the biggest uncertainty still remains the pandemic and the path of the virus. Uh, if there is obviously any kind of vac vaccine or improvement in treatment, we could see an acceleration in terms of where the market goes and where interest rates go. Mm -hmm. uh, and if there is a, a second wave and additional uh, lockdowns, that could you know also alter the path. But uh, largely speaking, we think the market will still remain range bound because outside of everything that we mentioned, we think the Fed is still in play and has shown their commitment to really help stabilize the market uh, regardless of where these things move.